Hey everybody, how's it going? I hope everybody's doing okay during this coronavirus pandemic. Uh, I hope everybody's staying healthy and happy under quarantine. But my guest today served in the Texas-Houston mission. She has some really good stories, some really interesting and and far-out stories. I met her a few years ago. Uh, my parents had dinner at, at her family's house. I tagged along, and she was planning on going on a mission. Uh, and I haven't talked to her since. So this, this was a good opportunity to, to really get to know her and to talk to her about her mission and after her mission. But I hope you guys enjoy it. And please welcome Paloma Guzman. You are listening to The Life of a Missionary, a podcast that dives into the experiences of former missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Enrique Nunez, and I will be your host for the journey of these mission stories from all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. All right. So, Paloma, where did you serve? Um, I served in the Texas-Houston mission. Texas-Houston. My wife served in uh, Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Also Spanish, I think, too. There's Spanish. She served in English, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) You serve Spanish? Yes. That's good. That's cool. Your home mission. Um, I mean, I served in an English ward for a year, but I overlapped Spanish. Okay. Yeah. I was similar. I, I went English speaking originally, and then my mission president found out that I spoke Spanish mm-hmm. and he switched me the next, uh, yeah. the next transfer. <laughs> That's similar to you? Um, no. So I, I was called Spanish originally, oh, okay. but, um, the first two Spanish areas I was in, um, they covered the same English ward area. And they didn't have any missionaries specifically mm. assigned to that English ward. So they asked the Spanish hermanas to work with that English ward. So you're doing both double duty. Yep. Cool. That's cool. Do you have any, oh, I'm guessing you had other native speakers. Yeah. Or do you have a, a lot of uh, American um, Spanish speakers? It was mostly American. We only had, when I got to the mission, um, native speakers, we only had about five. Okay. How big was your mission? Um, 200 missionaries. That's pretty good. That's a good size. Yeah. And what years did you go? Um, 2017 to 2019. Okay. That's pretty good. That's great. Time flies. It really does. Because I remember we came up here in 2016 mm-hmm. and my parents went to your ward and I, I went, I went for like three or four weeks and I'm like, this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no yeah. one my age. So I went to the singles ward, but then we had dinner together uh once or maybe twice yeah yeah um but then i think you were getting ready for to go on your mission then yeah around that time yeah that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah time flies so fast and you're the you're the one that did karate wasn't it yes how long did you do that for um 12 years holy so you're serious about it i was yeah What, what belt you get um so i started off with karate and I got my black belt in that. Nice. And about halfway through my training in that, I also picked up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, dang. Yeah. And, I mean, with that, it takes more time. Yeah, So, I only got as far as a blue belt. That's pretty good, though. That's pretty yeah. good. That's not bad. I, I've never done jiu-jitsu. Not officially. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wrestled in high school, but we did a little bit of, like, messing around. Yeah, so yeah. I know the basic, And I love UFC. Okay, yeah. So I I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not good enough to do UFC, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, Wonder Boy, do you know about it? A whole lot of UFC? Um, So the guys at the gym, because it's mostly guys right. that do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they talk about the big fights. Um, The only person I really know for UFC is like, um, oh man, I, I just confused his name with someone else. Uh, McGregor? Connor, yeah. Connor, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. yeah she doesn't one. fight anymore, but yeah. yeah, those are some big names. It's exciting. Yeah. It's annoying how exciting it is. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I geek out about it. But I got into it before my mission, and then I, I skip, obviously, the two years. Yeah. And I come back, and completely different fighters, and the, the, <laughs> the whole thing's different. Yeah. Um, was there anything like that for you? Um, No. I... I did compete in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I only did like one or two competitions. Um, I mean, 
it was an interesting experience that I do super well. No, but like we still learned how to fight and right. I used to do a sparring class. And I did that one for like five years and that's where I really got to train in a lot of like self defense situations, real life situations, but yeah. never like a fight club. That's okay. I, I like the real life situations like that with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because it, it teaches you how to defend yourself in a real life situation. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, I'm learning self-defense, but then like pretend to do this. And <laughs> yeah. I say, no, 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 don't put your hand like that. You put it like this. Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. No, it's <laughs> not. And I think with karate, that's mostly where I was at. I was like, okay, they have to be doing this specific thing. Mm. But Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is where it really blossomed because mm-hmm. it's meant for like smaller, weaker people to be able to use like not their strength, but like right. um, like skill to get out of situations mm-hmm. do you know eddie bravo um no he made up a bunch of different moves um he's kind of a weird dude but mm-hmm. he's apparently he's a genius in in, in jiu-jitsu uh-huh. and he's not a very big dude i mean he's probably like maybe five nine 170 pounds uh-huh. um so average dude but yeah world-class <laughs> brazilian jiu-jitsu artist <laughs> yeah um, so with you having practiced this much time, was it difficult you, for you to, to leave it? Um, it kind of was cause it was also, I was also working there as an assistant oh, instructor. Okay. Um, I'd been there for so, so long. That was your life. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> um, at the peak of my training, I was there like 12 to 18 hours every week. Wow. Just doing different classes and I loved it. Um, but I also felt like, oh, I'm going to miss out on like training and getting my purple belt right. because a lot of people once they get their blue belt they stop doing it why is that um i don't really know just from what i've seen and has been mentioned to me it's just it's just normal for some reason mm-hmm. but i was kind of worried i was like okay what if i lose all this knowledge that i have what if i fall behind my peers and then i kind of just like when i got my mission call i knew right away i was like okay i'm doing the right thing and I wasn't worried about missing out on that. And, I mean, since being home, like, I still haven't gone back. Oh, really? Yeah. I I mean, I got caught up with school and working. And I do think about going back every so often. But probably not as seriously as I did before. Right. Well, I've been thinking about doing it. You I've should. been thinking about getting into it. Uh, cause I, th- I feel like I'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be a complete noob <laughs> because of my wrestling background. Yeah. But I'm super out of shape. <laughs> well, what I've seen is actually one of my coworkers. Uh, he's an awesome guy. Um, he's a bigger dude, and he's super flexible. You wouldn't expect it, but he's like, um, he's always like, oh yeah, I'm out of shape, so nobody ever expects me to be good at it. But he's really good. Um, I actually call him the pretzel maker because every time I wrestle him, that's what he makes me into a pretzel. But he's probably in good shape. He just says that he's not he's kind of not (laughs) like he has a belly and everything going on Uh but i mean you do like there's some aspect of conditioning there's a lot of stretching involved more than anything else okay yeah i would need that yeah (laughs) that's cool well i mean when they open up maybe maybe we can go (laughs) yeah i could definitely i know that like at the studio that i worked at um they're always having promotions okay yeah well, because I know now that they're all closed down because of all this that's going on. Yeah. The COVID-19 and everything, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I was looking into it. I, I looked it up, and I was looking for prices and everything, and then all of a sudden everything closed yeah. down. I'm like, well, I guess not not Gotta right wait. now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll wait. Um, That's pretty cool, though. Did you have anybody on your mission that kind of followed in the same footsteps? Um, I mean, a lot of elders did wrestling in high school, so... That's really common. Yeah, it really is. But so it's fun. They they would like mention it or they're like, oh, no way. Like you did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, like show me something. Like, Elder, I can't, I can't. touch you. <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. squeeze their hand as hard as you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting because we, as guys, we wrestled a lot. <laughs> In the MTC, everybody would just like dogpile on each other. Yeah. But and then the, the people who actually knew what they were doing would always come out on top. It was yeah. hilarious, but meh. <laughs> I mean, I did wrestle with a handful of my companions. Oh, okay. Um, not all of them. No elders. Uh no, definitely <laughs> no elders. <laughs> but 
but yeah, I wrestled like with maybe four of my companions. That's cool. Yeah. I hope it I hope it blew off some steam. Um <laughs> Was it was this before or after companionship inventory? Um <laughs> both. <Let's go> both. <laughs> like during. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we do it. Yeah. Did you like that the companionship inventory? Um, I depended. Like sometimes like there are moments where you have like all these emotions pent up. I mean, like, you don't want to express it because you're like, okay, but this isn't, like, you don't want to blame it on them. Right. But it is their fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's true. That is true. um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they they were having a hard time with their significant other. Uh And it's it's all communication, I told told them. It's all part of the communication. That's that's what you have to learn on your mission, that you have to be able to tell them those things. Yeah. Because when you get married <laughs> and you bottle those things up, you're not going to switch companions in two or three transfers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's forever companionship. Yeah. So you got to just let them have it. Yeah. In the most loving way, <laughs> but you have to tell them. Yeah. It's like, hey, I don't, I don't like the way you blow your nose in the morning. <laughs> this is stupid things like that. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> I had a companion who who would, it was it was okay at first because he would like drop a beat on the table, uh-huh. but then when he didn't have anything to do, he would do it and he'd do it all the time. And I was like, okay, whatever. But on the third transfer, it's like, okay, this is getting kind of annoying. Yeah, and I, sh- yeah. I should have told him like, hey, you know, I know you do this and it kind of bugs me, but I didn't do it. <laughs> I should have. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. Well, how was your transition from from home to the MTC and then from the MTC to the mission how did you feel um well like i mean leading up to going on my mission it kind of just like it happened super fast i got my mission call and then six weeks later i was in the mtc i was in mexico nice and um i was really excited i actually just like i always imagined myself getting left at the airport and ever at the mtc in provo (laughs) so i was like okay flying to mexico by myself um I was kind of nervous, but, like, I was ready for it. I was, like, I had no regrets, nothing. I just, like, never looked back, and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do for the next um, 18 months. So, like, being in the MTC, it was hard, not because, like, you're learning all the lessons, but because you're with someone 24-7, and it's, I mean, I'm an only child, so that was Uh, hard. okay. (laughs) Yeah, it was really hard at first, because like okay i need to go to the bathroom like i'm coming with you you're like i'm fine i can go by myself um but it was also hard because you realize that like the person you are is still not good enough like i mean it feels that way i guess well what what do you mean um so like you do all this preparation to go on a mission like it's different for everyone but i did mission prep um I talked to other missionaries. I talked to the missionaries who were, because we had sisters in the branch at that mm-hmm. point. And I was like, okay, like, I feel like I'm ready. It's like, I can totally be a missionary and I get there. And I realized like, okay, uh, I have to behave a certain way because I'm a representative of the Lord. And I felt like I was, like in the MTC, you learn all these rules. You have to live all the rules right away that are in the handbook. And then somehow like they put you in this box of like all these rules and then you leave and you're kind of like okay who am i well at least that's how i felt but when i got to the mission field um my trainer she's like one day before bed she's like Mana, who are you and i was like um a representative of jesus christ she's like yes she's like that's what you wear on your chest every day she's like who are you so i had to kind of find myself again like you don't have to be a robot, I guess. They say, like, a robot missionary, right? Yeah. So, it was kind of a learning curve, like, in the MTC to, like, be this, like, rule-following missionary, but in the mission field is where I learned, really, to be myself, but still follow all the rules. Mm -hmm. And that that, that makes sense. It's difficult to do both. Yeah. Because I think following the rules makes you kind of, I guess, to... To a T, it kind of shifts you into that robotic state where I have to follow everything. Yeah. And if I do this out of my personality, it goes against the rules. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like that. Um, that makes sense. But I guess, like, 
especially those first like when you're training um i don't know how long your training was but mine was two transfers long yeah yeah it's about the same yeah um and so it was a lot of like uh figuring out who i was again like what parts of me i really did love and what parts people needed to hear um because like when i left to go on my mission i didn't have to wait very long from when i graduated high school i left that next school year so like four five months after i graduated i left on my mission dang that's pretty quick yeah and so high school is like a whole new ball it's like a different ballpark than a mission yeah yeah so it's like forgetting those behaviors you learned in high school yeah well all the can i fit in and yeah like i need to be you know liked by everybody exactly like that yeah and the the the, the fear of rejection i think was the, one of the biggest things as well it really is yeah because you don't want to be said no to <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah especially something that you feel personal and you think is, well, that we that we believe is true mm-hmm. it's it's a sensitive topic and for people to completely shut it down yeah it's That's annoying hard. yeah <laughs> Yeah. But but people in Texas are pretty pretty religious. They really are, yeah. That's the thing that it, it, people there are very like, yeah, come on, we'll tell you about Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then again, I don't know how the Hispanics are down there. Um, well, they're pretty Catholic. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, the most common question we would get at the door is, "Oh, are you Christian or Catholic?" And all my companions were like, "It's the same thing." Yeah. But I mean, to Hispanics, it's really not like it's a whole different culture. Mm-hmm. Well, I think just the, the, the word Christian is kind of mixed. Yeah. It's it's it has a different definition for people. It really does. Yeah. But Especially down there. Um, and especially like it's a joke that we had on the mission. But it was pretty true that <laughs> on every corner there was a church, yeah. a different church. And depending on the area you were in, you knew exactly what church like the Hispanics went to um gangs down there (laughs) yeah yeah there's like uh one of my my first area there's this huge church um i think it was a catholic church uh i can't remember what it's called anymore but um my companion's like most of the hispanics will tell you that they go there and for the first entire week of knocking that was pretty much the answer like oh i go to the church off of the 59 and we're like oh is it this one like yeah we go there like oh that's great um or also, I don't know if you've maybe have heard of him, but when the Houston flood happened, the there's a pastor down there. Yeah. The mega church, Joel Olstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lakewood. Lakewood is a big one down there. Mm. Doesn't he have like the 30,000 seat arena or something? Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> like we would yeah. see pictures of it or people we'd find th- to teach. They're like, oh, do you want to see a video? One of the like the sermons or services he had. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was like a concert. Yeah. That's what I've heard. <laughs> he has paid mad money. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> like, I should teach the, the, the gospel like that. <laughs> yeah. No, just kidding. This is blasphemy. Yeah, it's interesting how those how those guys make so much money off of that. Yeah. It's all the, the, the tithing, in quotes, Yeah. that that the members give. Like, if every member gives a dollar on Sundays, <laughs> that dude just made 30 grand that week. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy to think about, but yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. Um, I had a, a coworker a few months ago that was asking how much, I, how much our leadership gets paid uh-huh. and we don't, <laughs> but then my Bishop is not a great example for that mm-hmm. because he, he has a nice house. He has a nice car oh, yeah. Yeah. and it's like, well, and he travels a lot. He travels for work, Okay, yeah. but he has a, a solar panel company All right. and so he has to travel across the countries to kind of talk about it. And he, you know, so he, he does a lot of business, but if you don't know that, it's like, oh, he's the leader of your church, but he's traveling all around. He has a Tesla, he has a <laughs> Ford Raptor, and like, oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't get paid at all. <laughs> yeah, we, um, the English ward I was in, it was it was the oldest ward in Houston, Dang. super old building, um, and the bishop there is younger, and the area, it's an interesting ward. Because it's split between the Heights, which is super, um, it's like, it's super wealthy. It's historic Houston. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, this area called Fifth Ward. And we would always joke around that um, if you were out there way too late, you'd get shot. But normally we'd be there and you would hear gunshots. 
and like we never saw anything but you would just hear it and you would just hear stories members would tell you stories ones who live there um so it was a like the split was really evident in that ward but the bishop he was um he traveled a lot for work like most of the time uh he was like in china mm-hmm. somewhere in europe um honestly i think we only ha- ever had dinner with the bishop twice and i was there for a year dang yeah um so a lot of people felt like oh like he he lives in this part of town he also makes a lot of money like he must be making bank from being a you know being a, a bishop pastor. <laughs> yeah pastor <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't happen. Sorry, people. <laughs> no. well, well, some people even think that missionaries make money. Uh, no. <laughs> the church would go completely bankrupt if that was the case. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. We didn't. We don't make that much. Because what people don't understand is that we put the $400 a month down. Yeah. And then we get a fraction of that back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how much it was your mission. We had 125 but the sisters always had more. Yeah. Um, I think we... As sisters, we had got one, either one fifty or one sixty. It changed part of, during my mission, and elders, I mean, got significantly less. Yeah, and it's fine. It's whatever, but yeah. it's it's amazing how how it works out. Yeah, but but like then again, you don't have like anything to worry about. No, except for food, but it it's always enough. It it is. I mean, if you know how to budget. Or if, like, you know not to go crazy. Like, oh, I don't know if you had district lunches. Like some missionaries. Yeah, we had district <laughs> lunches. Yeah. Um, there's always, like, that one missionary who will go all out and, like, yep. get the fries, get the, like, the drink or whatever and just be broke by the end of the month. Well, we had some that would just go to, like, the flea markets, <laughs> like, the day of pay and just <laughs> waste it all. And, like, the next district meeting, like, oh, I don't have any money, guys. <laughs> You spent $125 in one week. Yeah. <laughs> like, gosh, dude. Uh, there was some There was some instances where some missionaries didn't have enough. Yeah. It's like, man, this sucks. This is breaking my heart. Here, yeah. here's 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> or that always, I don't know if there was ever like that game y'all would play. Um, we would do it not very often where we would have um, language study. And whoever won language study... Okay, the loser would have to buy, like, the winner's, like, dinner, the, mm-hmm. the dinner, their district lunch. Didn't happen very often because, you know, as a missionary, like, you have to be careful with what you spend. Right. So, um, I remember one time these elders uh, were really going at it, and the one who won, he got, like, the most expensive thing on the menu. And we were at a deli, luckily, but it was still, like, a $15 meal for his. That's messed up. Yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had a a companion from the south that said if somebody invites you to to you know to dinner or to lunch mm-hmm. and they're paying for you uh it's a type of etiquette to get what they get in p- the same price or less. Yeah. So I was like that makes sense. I've never heard of that but that makes sense. <laughs> it really, yeah. Like cuz it's rude to get something more expensive than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I that's like how I felt. Um I mean, like, I only won one time because I didn't really participate in language study because they're like, oh, you're, you're a native speaker. Like, it's cheating. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so I only had it happen once, but I think that district lunch, we went to like McDonald's. So I was like, oh, just get me a McChicken. Mm. Yeah. Like in the dollar menu. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah, we had a lot of, we had, we ate out a lot on the mission. Oh, yeah. Because people would feed us. They would just give us food and here's 10 bucks, here's 20 bucks, go get yourself guys something. Uh, yeah. And then we had my first baptism, the the mom uh, was a manager at Jack in the Box. Okay, yeah. And she's like, I'm sorry I, I can't feed you because she was a single mom. Uh-huh. So I'm sorry I can't feed you, but here's uh, some, some free meal coupons. <laughs> so she gave us like 20 each. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was my first area, so... We would eat Jack in the Box all the time. <laughs> now I'm sick of it. <laughs> I, I I would imagine so. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So she would give us like, she would give us a stack like every month. I'm like I'm sorry I can't feed you guys <laughs> at my house. <laughs> like all right, that's fine. But whatever. <laughs> you um, made it work. Yeah. So you served English. You served Spanish. Uh, 
I guess there's a big significance in in the meals. Yeah, kind of. Big significant difference. I never had American meals until my mission. Okay. Yeah. Like like homemade style, I should say. Uh And I was like, this is so interesting, (laughs) because it's it's good. It's a different culture. Like they would give us like casseroles and and meatloaf and pastas. Like this is pretty good. I'm not yeah. going to hate on white people food anymore. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I experienced a lot of that, like, the first area, I guess, because we did eat with members a bit. Um, mostly on exchanges is when I got exposed to, like, mm-hmm. like the American food. So, a lot of pasta, like you yeah. said. Because you were, you were raised, obviously, in Hispanic yeah. culture as well. Was this the first time that you experienced that much American homemade food? <laughs> yeah. Because, um, as it is, my mom doesn't cook a lot of pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like very rare that we eat pasta. So whenever I'd go out with any of the English missionaries on exchanges, it was always like, um, oh, we're having spaghetti and meatballs tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're having lasagna. Um, and I remember one one point on my mission, I hadn't gone on like any exchanges with the English sisters because they'd been so busy. And there was two companionships. It was a mixed zone, so we had English and Spanish. And so I went on back to back exchanges. So I didn't see my actual companion for three days. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I legit had never eaten so much pasta <laughs> in my entire life. Because they even had, like, I don't know if this was normal in your mission, but they even had lunch set up. Sometimes. Yeah. Not not very often, but sometimes. Yeah, but that's both of them. The, like the companionships had lunch and dinner set up? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I was very impressed. Yeah. It was a lot of pasta. Yeah, we didn't have that. <laughs> I guess we could have. If we asked, yeah, but no, I mean, we went to lunch every once in a while with members, but not set up. Right. Like, that's, that's some love right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's some sisters being taken care of. Yeah. It's a lot of pasta in my first area. We got sick and tired of it. Uh, we had a member who said, okay, what do you guys want? Brother black. <laughs> I'll have, I'll have to, uh, to send this to him, but he might not even remember, but he said, all right, what do you guys want to eat? I was like, anything, but pizza or pasta and he said okay like what about pizza and pasta <laughs> like no dude but it is you get that all the time which is it's understandable because members are busy yeah um being back home it's like yeah it's difficult to feed missionaries all the time yeah which i, I wouldn't mind but then it's a whole day that i have to plan out yeah and then like also you have to take into consideration like um, the missionaries' eating habits, like if they have an allergy, right? And sometimes that's hard. And I had a I had a companion who um, is gluten free because she had like is allergic to gluten, right? And we covered in the English ward and the Spanish ward, and it was like the English ward was actually better at not feeding her anything with gluten, right? Because Hispanics don't care or <laughs> understand about that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, um, but. Um, like it was harder to get like certain members cause you know, they're just so busy to like feed you, but like you want to get to know the families. Um, so like, yeah, it really is hard cause they do have to plan it. They really do have to plan out an entire day ahead for like that meal. Cause you're feeding like Hispanic families are already pretty big. Now they're feeding two more people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, what are they going to like? Um, cause like some of my companions, most of them were American. They weren't used to eating some of that Hispanic cuisine. So, like, um, certain types of tacos, like tacos de lengua. So good. They're so good, but none of my companions like them. But that's because it's the mindset. Yeah. Because if you just tell them, eat these tacos, they'll <laughs> eat them. They will, yeah. And then after you tell them, they're going to be like, what? <laughs> they're like, but it was so good. They're like, yeah. yeah. You know what that is? <laughs> that happened to Brian, to my stepdad. Yeah? Because he said, that's disgusting. I would never eat tongue and then my mom made some like it was they weren't tacos but it was like a kind of like a steak uh-huh. and he ate it and she's like you want more he's like yeah that was super good <laughs> like, you know what that is no <laughs> it's tongue <laughs> like what <laughs> she's like got you <laughs> yep got him i did that to my wife too because she's american she's as white as you can get but i took her down to vegas because they have a really good uh taco place down there uh-huh. not not because of that <laughs> we didn't go down to vegas because of the taco place but there's a taco place in vegas and we i told her we have to go uh-huh. and they have language they have seso okay. brain yeah they have 
all this other, all this stuff. And so I got two of each. I said, okay, you have to try one. After you try it, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah, she tried them all. So I was like, good for you. <laughs> That's the only way to get them, though. Yeah, seriously, kudos, like, be going for it. <laughs> Did you have anything on your mission that you kind of were like, eh? Um, so on my mission, for the very first time, I had, like, chicken feet. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, I'd always, like, seen it, like, in... Like, like on TV. Supermercado. Yeah, I said like that kind of thing. Um, but I never had it. Like my parent, my mom had never made it. Right. And I think maybe my grandma might have made it once, but I wasn't interested in it. But we tried it. Well, I did. My companion was super grossed out. Right. Um, but it was really good. It still kind of grosses me out, but it, I think it's super good. Nice. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It grosses you, but it tastes good. It tastes like chicken. Yeah, it's say. like um. I don't know if you've heard of canes, raisin canes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the way like we describe canes is like, it's so good in the moment. Like it tastes so good. But afterwards you feel terrible. Ah, kind that's, of like a, that. that's a good analogy. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I've ever had chicken feet either. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. They're pretty good. I think once it gets like to the exotic places <laughs> and exotic food, it's like, ugh. Yeah. Like in China, I, I, w- I would have loved, well, maybe not now because of all the, <laughs> sweat markets and stuff <laughs> yeah. but to str- to try their street food yeah and I was like this looks good but then they have like the squid that's still moving and like oh you got to chomp it down yeah, yeah. Like, i don't know if i could do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i don't know i i just hear stories from missionaries people who served out there and they're telling me about like all this food that they had and it sounds i feel like oh it was super good but like it just sounds horrifying like as they're eating it mm-hmm. but i mean yeah, somebody. I don't remember who it was, but they said somebody fed them peanut soup, like peanut, like peanut butter soup. I'm like, this is weird. Um, like in the south, I think it's in the south. Um, the boiled peanuts. Hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. Like they sell them at gas stations. Like, boiled. You know, boiled peanuts, and they come in two flavors: original and spicy. And, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but this sister was she's from Florida. She loves them. And she went on exchanges to go to a meeting. And she's like, do you want some? And they're just like, I don't even know how to describe them, but they're like, they're like wet peanuts. And they're just oily and it's not a good time. Hmm. I've never heard of that. I hadn't either. We'll have to order some <laughs> on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever tried Vegemite? Yeah. That, that stuff's pretty... Yeah, no, not a fan. Pretty nasty. <laughs> Sorry to all the... Australians. Aus- is it Australia? I think so. New Zealand? Somewhere down there. Maybe New- yeah, I think it's both. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It really is. That's okay, though. It's a it's an acquired taste. But yeah, my, my companion that I trained, he was from Louisiana. All right. And he was like, yeah, we eat all this crazy stuff. And, this and he's trying to brag to me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then we went... I took him to... Uh, to remember that had just gotten baptized, a recent convert, and he made us uh, pozole, uh-huh. but with pig's feet. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so he's just like, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> like, you gotta eat it, dude. You gotta eat the whole thing. <laughs> and like, I finished mine real quick because it, it's it's good. Yeah. And that's what I've grown up with. And so I I look over and he's like grabbing the pig's feet and he's shaking. <laughs> he's got it with both hands and he's just like, <laughs> like, dude, you all right, man? <laughs> like that's why you don't brag dude. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're tough until you try certain food yep yep i tried grits for the first time a few years oh, ago oh yeah yeah you don't like them i didn't like um it was like this famous place in downtown um the breakfast club i think what it was called and like the, oh the grits there are super good and i was not a fan hmm yeah i don't think they're great <laughs> i think they're okay i would eat them again but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. They are very gritty. It's like it really is. I don't. It's like mashed like potatoes, sand. but with like yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> make, yeah. I can see that. That's funny. Um, well, how was your relationship with your companions? Um, you know, it was with all of them. It was pretty good. Um, actually, got along with basically all of them. Like yes. We would have sometimes like days where you just let each other's throats, 
because um, it really is hard to be with someone 24 7 mm-hmm. um i think people are figuring that out now <laughs> that everyone's <laughs> under quarantine <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really are yeah but um i mean i mean there's some companions they got uh along with a lot better than other ones right um part of it is like there's just so many different personalities out there um the first missionary I trained i absolutely love her my first trainee um but um when i was training her uh, apparently this is unusual but i was a sister training leader at the same time i was training her mm-hmm. um so i had all that responsibility and our zone had 13 companionships so i was over all of those and nice. half of them were spanish you had 13 companionship sisters Oh, uh, no. Um, or just total? Total. Okay, okay. Yeah, sisters, it was like six or seven companionships. In that area? Um. Yeah, that zone. Holy cow. That zone, yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, that is different. We would have maybe two, maybe three no. in a zone. It would depend on the zone, but that was one of the biggest zones. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was working with that, and there was a lot of um, different issues going into like that zone. Um, we had brand new district leaders. Um, the transport started training her. So we're trying to teach the district leaders. Well, the zone leaders are, but we're helping them. Um, and also, I'd been in that zone for almost nine months when I got her. Hmm. Um, and You just travel around the, the areas in the zone? Different wards and stuff? Yeah, so that's when I would go on exchanges, but we stayed in, like, usually stayed at our area. We oh, were okay. at the very bottom of the mission, right against downtown. Not in downtown, but up against it and um honestly like we had so much fun we have so many wild stories from our time together um well you gotta tell us (laughs) you gotta tell us Uh, these stories (laughs) um so he had sworn me to secrecy about this one originally but then she like went off and started telling a bunch of like her companions Uh she gave me the okay so we're good okay so now you're gonna just tell it to the world (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so there's this sister in our ward and she had hurt her, her uh, one of the nerves in her back. I don't I don't even know what it's called, but um, one day after P day she calls us and we were about to go out and go knocking, and visit people. She calls us right at six like six o three. She's like, "Admanas, I need your help. Can you like come over?" And we're like, "Okay, Admana." So we go over and we thought she was gonna like need like we didn't know what kind of help she was gonna ask for. Can I have a blessing? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was a fear, but luckily, no. Um, we get there, and she's like, I don't I need to go to the bathroom. And we're like, okay, what can we do? And so she needed us to help her up and walk to the bathroom. And I don't even, like, I still have, like, flashbacks to that night. Um, but she, like, any movement she would have, she would just start screaming like so loud i was afraid someone was gonna call the cops because it was loud <laughs> my companion looks at me we'd only been together for like maybe just like a transfer at that point for like three weeks something like that and she looks at me she's like what do we do i'm like we help her so we like get her to the bathroom and she's like and she like finally gets to the bathroom after much walking it was Uh-oh. like half an hour 15 minutes are you serious yeah because like Oh, it was so slow trying to get her out of bed and then walk to she the bathroom. She just picked her up by the arms. <laughs> yeah, we were tempted, but. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get to the bathroom and she takes one look at the toilet. And she's like, I can't sit down. And we're like, oh boy, what are we going to do now? And so she makes us take her back to her bed. And she tells us that the house that she's living in, where we were at, had been her aunt's who had passed away. But that she had adult diapers still left oh no and she was like yeah like my my tia she was a very small lady and this hermana was not a very small lady and so she was like you get me the diapers and these are tiny like diapers for a very small woman and so the hermana like gets them on she's like oh these are like a bikini and (laughs) she's like i'm just gonna go we're like okay hermana and then she's like um i also need more (laughs) more diapers yeah <laughs> she didn't have any more so <sighs> my companion's like we'll just pay like so um, we'll just pay for some so we offer to go to walmart um that that point i call like the other stl 
and I tell her what's going on. She's like, yeah, just like, just like go for it. Like, just help her. You're already helping her. You can't just like bail out. <laughs> so we go to Walmart and we get like, we have pictures of it somewhere, but we have pictures of us like holding the diapers that we go and buy. Nice. So we go over. Did you get the right size? Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of guessed, but we're like, I think these will fit. Um, so we dropped them off. Thought that was the end of the story. Right. Okay. A couple days later, she calls us. And we it was weekly planning day. I don't know if you had days specifically set up for it or like hours. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. And those days are just so long. Yeah. So, so long. Um, so we were getting ready for a fireside. So we had been practicing with other sisters when she calls us in the morning. And she's like, Edmana, I need your help. And we're like, Edmana, we don't have much time. We have like half an hour before we have to go weekly plan. Because our days kind of cut short. Because we had a member every third... We had dinner with a member at five o'clock every thursday and then after that we would have english class at the church mm. and that's on the other side of the area so like we didn't have that much time and so she's like it should only take like 15 minutes and my hand's like okay like she's the one who took the call so we go over and she's like i need help taking a bath and i like pull out my white handbook and i'm like i'm pretty sure we can't do that um but she's like, no, Edmond, I was like, don't worry, like, just make sure, like, you heat up the water and then just hold the water up for me because the water in her house for the shower was off for some reason. So she's like, you just hold the bucket and I'll use, like, another, like, cup to pour water over myself. And we're like, okay. We're like. Why does she, why do you, she need you to hold the bucket? Because she can't bend over. Oh. Yeah. Because, like, it was just, like, I don't remember much of it, but she couldn't bend over. So she needed someone to hold it up for her. And we're like, okay, like, pretty sure you could have called someone else for it. <laughs> but, I mean, let's just do this. So we're there. And then my companion, like, about 15 minutes of, like, us holding the water. And then we're still heating more water to uh-huh. for her to use. My companion looks at me and she's like, I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, there's only one bathroom and she's using it. Um, and she's like, maybe I can go while she's in there. But, like, she goes into the bathroom and... She's like, actually, I would not be comfortable. And also, like, the bathroom was, like, super gross. So yeah, she's I can like, imagine. Yeah. Um, and so I just offered to, like, I was like, okay, I'll hold the bucket. And um, I don't know. She's like, I'm going to pee in a cup. <laughs> I was like, um, what? Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'll just stay in the bathroom while you do that. I'll give you some privacy because no one else lived there but the admana. Right. Okay, so she goes i hear her like eventually like, cleaning out like the cup or whatever she used and then i like go back out i was like i heard like another door open where did you go she's like oh i like went back here and we she's like oh yeah this is like another storage area and i look over and the house we had been at was a duplex and she'd gone into <laughs> into the neighbor's laundry room <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah lucky nobody saw luckily like no one saw her but um I mean, I thought it was hilarious, and eventually she thought it was hilarious Shoot. afterwards. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Yeah. That's such a that's <laughs> such a tough thing to do. Yeah. When people are asking you for help that, like that. It's like, I'm, we're 18, 19, 20 yeah. years old. What do you want us to do? Yeah. When people do stuff like that all the time. Yeah. And a lot of the times you're, like, we said yes because, like, we knew the Sedmana ha- needed help. Like, the bishop had asked us, like, if she needs, like, certain things, like, we can help. Um, but just, like, whenever we got there, it was just the most unexpected thing that we were asked to do. And, like, yeah, we eventually, like, had it all the line. And we're like, Edmana, we can't do this. Like, this is, um, like, our purpose is to do that, like, to help people. But also, like, our main purpose is to teach people about the gospel. So we, like, eventually had to tell her, like, we'll tell the bishop, we're like, if anybody could, like, help her, be assigned to help her. Um, because sometimes she would call us, and we're way across the area. Right. So we couldn't go. Yeah. And that's, and that's what the importance of the members are. Yeah. Because she, need, she needs a uh, caregiver. <laughs> the point, yeah. But missionaries can't do that. No, we can't. We're so busy. Yeah. I'm saying we, like, I'm still a missionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're so busy. It's crazy. They really are. But, um... I mean, just, like, because the members are who are there, like, the members live there. And right. they 
we'll be there but missionaries like we're only there for like what a month to like six months we're not there forever so we can't constantly be there yeah and imagine you guys get double transferred out with two new <laughs> sisters like hermanas i need help <laughs> and I'm like what like, who is this <laughs> you're gonna be like the other hermanas did what <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's crazy yeah See, that's, that's what's interesting about sisters, that <laughs> the privacy the, the privacy to things yeah. kind of goes away. With guys, it'd be like, eh, sorry, <laughs> dude, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird when a guy asks that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so interesting. That's such a crazy story. Yeah. I mean, just with her, too. Like, I don't know if it was just, like, our companionship or whatever, but, I mean, that's one of, like, I think just that area. I had, like, four crazy things happen. That's just one of them. And, I mean, like, I, with that companion, like, like, we, like, we did butt heads. We were so different. But also, we, like, we worked so well together. Right. Um, But, I mean, like, going back to, I guess, your original question of, like, working with companions. Like, after I got transferred out of the area, well, first of all, I was, like, president i don't care where you send me just send me out of the zone because mm-hmm. i've been there my entire mission um and then i got transferred i got asked to open a new area nice yeah that's always fun it really is and that area hadn't had sisters for five years um it was did, just elders did you have an old uh no it was all so when i started serving my mission they had had tablets and ipads for about a year or so so all like the area book was now online on our tablets. Nice. Yeah. So we're lucky in that way. Um, but when we got to that area, like everybody called it the promised land. All the elders wanted to go to that area, to that ward. Um, because that ward was super functional. Like, I don't know how your mission was, like the Spanish wards. Um, but some of them were kind of dysfunctional and mm-hmm. like, it makes sense cause everybody's so busy <laughs> <laughs> working um but they're like some of them just like make it work but this ward they called it like they said it functioned as well as an english ward which i don't i honestly like i still don't know what that means that's funny yeah um but we get there <laughs> and at this point i'd been in the city most of my mission super like just a lot of people but we get there and it's just like a at the very bottom that's where all the people are and then you go further up and it's like you're in timbuktu there's like maybe a house like every 10 miles hmm. yeah so we get there and this companion so she had just finished being companions with one of my last companions um and i absolutely love this companion it'd be a lot of fun um but i got um this companion and we were both kind of like wow like i never thought this would happen like what is it called whitewashing mm-hmm. the opening to the new area so we get there and the elders, one of the elders who was serving there, who was super organized, um, and he loved that ward. He'd been there already, like, three transfers, was training there now, and he just loved it. So he sits us down at the church, and he takes out a whiteboard, and he writes every name of every member from that ward, like, all the families, and he's like, okay, and he's like, pull out your Google Sheets. So we were allowed to use Sheets on our mission, and he had, like, this sheet, super organized, and he's like, all the ones in this color are the ones you, you will visit. These are the ones we will be working with. And he just laid out this game plan. And we're like, um, so do you even need our help? And he's like, yeah. He's like, work with these people. So we're like, okay. And Man, he had it down. He really did. <laughs> he like, we joked about it. But even his companion said it. He's like, oh yeah, he's like, this is his universe. That's good though. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, he was, he was very good at like talking to the members. And the members loved him. So he was very good at giving us tips. And so, like, when we got there to, like, the time I finally got transferred out, I was there for three months, two transfers. And um, my companion there, we just became best friends. Like, we clicked right away. Um, Like, you know, I just, like, had a lot of friends in high school, but, like, I never clicked with someone as well as I clicked with her. Like, we were super, like, and it was so crazy. Um... And, like, just in general, it's very hard for me to say, like, I love you. I don't know why. Like, still working on it. But with her, it just came very easy to say, like, oh, Edmana, like, I love you. Um, 
and just to work with her. And so we just had um, a lot of fun in that area. We didn't like see any baptisms, but we met a lot of people. Um, the members just like loved having admanas again, so they were super helpful. And we just saw so many miracles, not necessarily in the way of numbers, which is like, I know a lot of missionaries will focus on numbers and you should like teaching, converting people and bringing them to the gospel. But it's not just about numbers. Right. So we just saw so many miracles, like Christmas Day. Um, you know, you talk to your families. And we both felt that we needed to go to this part of the area. But it was an hour away. And we're like, well, there's not a lot out there. Like, well, there's a member who lives out there, but I mean, we can go see her. So we go, we have cookies. Because <laughs> um, my companion bakes super well. so we made, Oh, you made cookies. Yeah, she made so many cookies. And we dropped them off to the members for Christmas. That's cool. Yeah. So we felt we needed to go out there and we get there and we knock and her sister opens the door of the Irmana and she's like, oh, she's not here. She's in uh, like Sugarland, which is super down south, not even in our mission. And we're like, oh, when she, will she be back? And she's like, oh, like probably next week. And we're like, okay. Like we had both felt that we needed to be in that area. Um, so we're checking our um, area book, which is, you know. Like on our tablets now. You didn't, you didn't teach the sister. Um, so we had tried. Um, they're actually members. Oh, okay. Members, and we offered like, oh, like we're kind of busy right now. We're about to go somewhere <laughs> else. And we're like, you know, of course, classic. Right. Yeah. Um. It's like, sure you are. Yeah. Honestly, they were all in their pajamas. <laughs> like, where are you? Where are you guys going? On Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you guys taught on Christmas. Uh, yeah. We it wasn't like a day off. Like presidents, huh. like um, you can have your time to talk to your family, have a Christmas dinner. And then it's back to, like, um, teaching. He's like, because holidays is when all the families are together at home. Like, yeah, president, but nobody wants to hear missionaries. Or nobody's home because they're somewhere else. That's so yeah. weird. Yeah, so we taught. Um, but we're in that area. It's dark. And so we're going through our area book, and it shows in each. So there's dots on a map. We have maps. And it shows, like, members, people who have been taught in the past, um, and so one of them was a media referral. So they had requested a Book of Mormon. And we saw the notes in there. And the elders had tried stopping by 11 times for like the past two or three months. And we're just never able to find her. So we're like, we should, you know, try to contact this Edmana. Um, so previous to this, like a couple weeks before, we had wrapped about 10 Book of Mormons. Um with wrapping paper, you know, for Christmas, with bows and all that stuff. So we had a bunch of them in our car. And the Sisters are so creative. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, our apartment complex supplied them, so. Yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah, so we had all these in our car. We had already given away a couple. And so uh, we see that the Edmana requested a Book of Mormon. So we go knock on this. First we get out of the car, and we see these people outside. We're like, oh, like, maybe that's her, like. Maybe that's her family. So we go down there and you know how it is as a missionary. Like you see something that you have in common with like the people there and you want to talk about it. So they're not like put off like, oh, who are these strangers? Right. So this guy's wearing a Chivas jersey and oh. <laughs> big fan. And I'm like, oh, like, are you a fan? He's like, yeah. And then like didn't say anything else. I was like, oh, um, this is awkward. I was like, you a fan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we talked a little about Christmas. We're like, oh does this person live here? And it's like, oh, no, no, she lives in that trailer over there. It was a dark little trailer. So my companion goes over, knocks. Um, and actually, we had offered to teach these people a bit, but they're like, mm, no, not interested. We're like, we just want to have our bonfire. Um, we're like, okay. So we go over, and a couple minutes go by, and nothing. They're like, no, no, she's home. So we, like, knock again, and we hear someone get up, and lights go on inside the trailer. And... Um, we're like, are you so-and-so? And she was like, yeah. And we're like, did you ask for a Book of Mormon? And she's like, that was months ago. We're like, yeah, we know. And we're like, would you still like one? She's like, yeah, like, I've been waiting for one. And we're like, well, I mean, this is going to sound super cheesy, but I was like, you know, this is Christmas. And we wanted to bring you this gift. And so the companion pulls out the Book of Mormon, wrapped up, right? All cute. And we're like this is like the best christmas present you could get and she like looks at it and she looks at the book more and we're like yeah she's like thank you like 
like I don't know just like the spirit that you felt right then that we felt it was like she was genuinely grateful for it like she'd been waiting for so long I don't know what she was doing that like the elders never saw her but like absolutely there was a reason we were there that Christmas Mm -hmm. we were able to deliver that to her and it was just incredible and um I mean it was so far to the area like it was far to get there but um eventually I got transferred out like the next month or so so my companion tried and for some reason like they were just able never able to get back in with her oh that's too bad yeah but um I mean I'd like to think that when we gave her that book of mormon that like that was something she needed yeah yeah it it's those kinds of stories are very interesting because everything just lines up perfectly yeah for you to meet them it doesn't make sense (laughs) (laughs) no it doesn't and sometimes like you wonder like oh like what could have been if we could have gotten back in with her but sometimes like you just needed to be there at that exact moment for that reason Mm -hmm. maybe like somewhere maybe now because i don't really know what's happening in the area now but maybe she's being taught maybe she found what she needed Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's definitely a possibility hopeful Yeah. (laughs) yeah and Somebody said on my mission that it takes a, around seven contacts yes. to, to the LDS faith to finally say, okay, let me talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes we'd go out with members, and this particular member, and we'd be like, hey, how's it going? You know, and like, oh, no, I don't want to talk, you know, whatever. <laughs> and he'd just be like, just planting seeds, elders, just <laughs> planting seeds. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It, it's a lot of planting seeds. It was too much, but it's all right, because... I feel like the world knows a lot more about the LDS faith now. Yeah, especially now. Like I, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, which is is probably one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Uh-huh. And he mentions the LDS all the time. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like we're we're <laughs> we're there. So not too bad. Um, well, we're gonna wrap things up in a bit. Um, do you have anything to say to anybody who? is thinking of serving a mission or has served a mission? <laughs> um, I think, I don't know, maybe it's like this misconception that I had before my mission, but like it always sounds like, oh, there's like this perfect mission where you like, you go out, um, like you might get along with some of my companions, you might not, but you will like baptize a bunch of people. Like you just think, oh yeah, it's like this all good time, right? But like no mission is ever, like there's not a normal mission. For anyone like there's not one like i did this all these check marks because every mission is so different for each person um so i guess like always expect the unexpected but always like hope for the best um i think the biggest thing too that i learned is just like learn to laugh things off um because like yeah you do get rejected a lot depending where you are but you will get rejected um you might have someone try to bible bash you try to tell you that your testimony isn't valid um but when like you do have to look at them through the savior's eyes like realize that they're all children of god and maybe now's not the time for them to hear um again like planting seeds but also just like whenever you have all these crazy experiences when things fall through when things go bad just i guess like learn to laugh it off learn to realize that something is gonna get better that all that suffering i guess isn't in vain like i remember leaving like the area where i had been whitewashing with like with like a companion we were best friends having the best time ever in that ward and the ward loved us and then i got transferred to whitewash again um and that was like the hardest transfer of my entire mission um because we were doing everything that a missionary is supposed to do they say you're supposed to do right um perfect studies, um, knocking, always talking to everybody, literally everybody, offering to help. We did that for an entire transfer and nothing came of it. Literally nothing came of it and it was so hard. Um, But then like the next transfer after that, we just saw so many miracles in that same ward because they closed that area, but there's already other sisters there too. Um, So I guess the biggest thing is like, whatever you're experiencing then is not the end there's more there's so much more and in the end you remember the good experiences a lot more than your bad experiences that's true yeah <laughs> i completely agree with that i i think we have we tend to have more 
bad experiences than good, <laughs> but the good outshine the bad. Absolutely. That's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you for thank coming you. And, and thank you for sharing your diaper stories <laughs> and your other <laughs> awesome stories. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for listening to the podcast. And thank you for everybody who's supporting by subscribing and for sharing the podcast with their friends. I'm still looking for return missionaries uh, to interview. So if you know of any, please, please send them the link to the Sign Up Genies page or just tell them about it. Tell them to contact me on Facebook. I am more than happy to interview any return missionary. But thanks again, everybody. And thank you for all your support. <laughs>